Welcome to the Monsters Fresh Festive Frights. In this miniseries, we explore the horrors of the season through some of our favourite Christmas horror films. Hi, I'm Clelia, one of your podcast hosts. And I'm Meg, the other host of the podcast. And in this episode, we're not driving home for Christmas. Instead, we're locking our doors and windows, replaying Stranger Danger infomercials and having a cosy night in reading black magic books by the fire. We are discussing the sacrifice game that's just come out on Shadow this month. <laughs> Uh, it's my perfect Christmas. Huddled up by the fire, <laughs> reading about how to that summon sounds demons. Good, right? Exactly. Brilliant. <laughs> well, let's jump in with a synopsis then, because I assume that because this was so new, uh, people might not be familiar with it yet. Mm-hmm. So, in the Sacrifice game, co-written and directed by Jen Wexler, Samantha and Clara are left behind for Christmas break at their boarding school. Rumours have been circulating amongst the students about the Christmas Killers, a murderous cult who have travelled the country killing couples and daubing sigils in their blood. When the cult arrives at the school, intent on summoning a demon, it's up to Clara and Samantha to stop them. Or is it? <laughs> that's good. Yeah. I think that's a good spoiler-free, good spoiler-free synopsis. I like it. Yes, but we are going to spoil it now, everyone. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Just so you know, if you haven't watched it, if you haven't watched it, just pause it now and go and watch it before we talk about it because we're going to spoil the fuck out of it. Spoil the fuck out of it, everyone. That's what we're going to do. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yes. Well, shall we? Uh, shall we dive in? Let's dive in. I mean, first of all, what did you make of it? What did you think about it? I enjoyed it Uh for many reasons. I don't think it's going to become... I don't think it's going to work its way into my very well-established Christmas rotation, Mm -hmm, as as we've mm -hmm. already discussed. It's quite a a heavy schedule as it is with the the rewatchers. So I don't think that necessarily it will um, take place on my yearly... And my annual festive fright list, shall we say. Yeah. But I did very much enjoy it. What about you? Yeah, I, I same as you. I really very much enjoyed it. I watched it because uh, I was writing a review about it. and um, For the Geek Show. For the Geek, for the geek Show. show. Go, and, go exactly. and look at Clearly's excellent review. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but, I, but I, I said exactly the same thing that you just said, that I don't think it will yeah work its way into my uh, Christmas horror rota. And I, I'm not sure it will survive repeated viewings mm. as a film but for the first viewing and actually I watched it twice I rewatched it this morning um but I've yeah very much enjoyed it I think it's it's got it's got loads and I'm kind of looking forward to talk about it <laughs> talk about it with you so yeah. yeah I'm kind of glad we've um we've switched it up because that's that's not the original film we're going to yeah. cover but uh, but yeah it's worked out quite well <laughs> yeah 
some some uh, some concerns in 2023 about the film that we were going to cover. So we exactly, changed yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem of like getting a list straight away and then being kind of like reviewing them and being like, you know what? That's a bit too heavy, maybe. Yeah, but you know, that's the uh, the the power of the podcast. We will change our mind at will, and what are you going to do about it? Nothing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, what I did love about this is it's set in the 70s, so it's got that mm-hmm. really cool. It has got a really good 70s aesthetic about it. And it I does, like, yeah. I like that they picked 70s to set it in because, you know, you get to play around with costumes and it's it feels like a a sort of a, a very much an homage to the slashers of the 70s and 80s I think absolutely yeah, yeah. And, and and at least they don't have to deal with the you know with the modern issue of oh and there's no you know um, mobile phone signal yeah. all of a sudden you know it's kind of like all these issues are removed but obviously with the uh, the cult of satanic killers it's, mm. you know I think you put it in the 70s and in, instantly you know you can't help but make the association with the Manson family yeah. so I thought that was a kind of a really Really good take on it on that as well yeah and it is they are very manson-esque yeah you know it's definitely. very um the opening it, is like in yeah. your face when like that, that first scene i was like i did you know i had no expectation going in but that first scene i was like Woof, I'm, you know i i mean as we talked about in the last episode i like we're not massively into home invasion movies yeah. so i was like i'm not sure if i'm <laughs> gonna cope with this but <laughs> yeah because it is uh i mean the and as we've said we're spoiling it people so you know pause now but the opening scene is is very much them coming up to someone home and then just murdering them and then we uh-huh. see you know she, um maggie Maisie. oh Maisie. I, I only watched it yesterday <laughs> yes! <you> see? yeah <laughs> Maisie. <laughs> i remember the name uh Maisie, like drawing the sigil on the window in blood yes. and it's such a well-framed shot because you don't it is you get the 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 sort of shock factor and the gore but then it doesn't it don't overplay it, and I think it's particularly interesting that they don't overplay it when it's the woman that's being murdered. And I do yes. think that is the difference when you have films that are written and directed with women involved. Is mm-hmm. that had the potential, and if it had been made in seventies or eighties, to be very sexualized and gratuitous and and very like you know a long drawn out murder or some screaming yeah. woman and that's not what we get but it's, not at all yeah. it gives you that context that oh shit these are really dangerous people and the yeah. fact that the drawing in the blood and stuff they're obviously it's not just killing for kicks sort of thing they've obviously got a, a motive so then you're like exactly oh, what's they've the got a motive even though and they're getting a real kick out of it though I mean, you get you know it's i think that's yeah. depicted quite clearly as well. yeah. one thing that um i the only problem i had with this scene and i thought you'd appreciate that as well is that they murdered a couple after the carolers have been uh, i'm like if you're going to murder people at least do them the, the you know the kindness yeah. of murdering them before they have to fucking stand there and listen to carolers <laughs> singing in their faces what a way to go not cool not honestly <laughs> if the last thing that i ever did were have people sing at me and then i were murdered You'd i be would pissed. be a vengeful ghost <laughs> That's I could not rest in the afterlife. <laughs> no way, no way. I was just couldn't let that go. <laughs> oh my god! But uh, I think what I did think as well is, and um, one of my notes were, what is it about Christmas horror and schools, like boarding mm-hmm. schools? So yeah. we have 
Samantha and Clara are left behind at Christmas break. Everyone else has gone home. You know, these are the the lonely, unloved girls who are going to be left in this big drafty school. But I thought there's something really interesting, apparently, for people who write Christmas horror about mm-hmm. that. And I suppose it is. It's sad, really, isn't it? You think about people who are sort of left at school and all the classmates go home and they're just sort of just left and exactly the holdovers actually mm. it's really i don't know if you if you've heard about this but like so this film has just come out but there's also another film not a horror but the holdovers is a film that's coming out this this christmas as well oh, okay. it's exactly the same plot minus the 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 murderous satanic cult but about you know people having to stay at school over yeah. christmas you know and like talking about you know it's more about the isolation and depression that comes with it but i was like how interesting you're right there is yeah. definitely this setting seems to work really well for for film and in terms of the um the location I thought was so fantastic. Oh, I mean, yeah. I don't know who's responsible for the location scouting, mm-hmm. and I don't know if the interior of the school is, you know, is yeah. if they use the same location. But oh, you know, when you saw it, I was kind of like, this is also one of the reasons why they chose the to set it in the seventies. I think because mm-hmm. the aesthetic of it was just so pleasing. Yeah, I totally agree that the school it's this gothic pile remote mm. behind these big gates and it's so isolated and there's all woods around surrounding mm-hmm. it and it's the perfect setting for a horror film it really is Perfect, yeah. um <laughs> but the only thing i did feel really sorry for was the actor who plays uh samantha when they kept making a run so yeah. all she does is run in this film and making <laughs> someone run on camera is inhumane in my opinion she's doing her best running along <laughs> And but it just I thought stop making this poor kid run. <laughs> just leave her alone. <laughs> I should I have exactly. suffered enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, running in the snow. Just yeah. Uh, yeah. But we guys. do I suppose at that point we do see a little bit of Samantha's character then that she's obviously mm-hmm. a very you know, she's running even though it's snowing, she's obviously a very like driven sort of person. And I don't think necessarily we get a lot of character development on anybody necessarily True. which i don't always think is a bad thing i mean not everything's got to be a study in you know character no exactly um, yeah and he works well for the purpose of the yeah, film you know? yeah so, but then we have the horrors of the school shower which made me think mm-hmm. of carrie you know plug yes. it i was waiting for plug it up plug it up start <laughs> <laughs> coming through um but what i did notice and i i don't know whether you've noticed this clearly is what is this trope in films that when someone's taking a lesson, the bell they can't plan the lesson at all. The bell rings halfway through a point. No one can finish a sentence. I know. <laughs> and it's really interesting. Obviously, it's sort of foreshadowing, talking about the history of the area and the witches and the witch trials and this village burnt at ground and everything. Mm-hmm. But it just cuts her off mid-sentence and I think, come on. Yeah, that always happened in films. It's like, well, for anybody who's uh, you know planned a lesson before, I can tell you, you you like you you absolutely know how how much time you have, and usually you're the one dragging on the sentences so they can. <laughs> yeah, just really try to labour the point because you're like, bell's gonna exactly. ring in a second. Um, but I did think 
that the this uh, grisly tabloid element were quite fun mm-hmm. when one at girls has got an article and she's like oh the christmas killers have struck again and only <laughs> ribbons of flesh remain and i thought oh it's so 70s that in it these gory tabloid <laughs> pieces i know i didn't know that um uh, you know that obviously these um you know this this cult of satanic killers going around but you know you know it's like it's by the 30 miles radius of where yeah. they are they are set and no one raised the alarm for the holdovers at the school I mean they're no. all kind of like I mean the, the, the headmistress is such a dick like oh, she's, she's literally awful. like she's awful she's just literally like oh well no, I'm fucking up for a holiday but you know Rose will be there with her boyfriend and the kids are, there's no safeguarding which feels very 70s yes. as well to be fair stranger danger had not taken hold in that school <laughs> exactly well even the idea that you're leaving two uh, young like women students alone with this guy who's wearing mm-hmm. Jeffrey Dahmer glasses yeah. Yes. And, and just some woman who's going out with him. I mean, it's it that's got danger written all over it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I say, no safeguarding, no, no, not a care in the world for those poor girls. No, but I am going to make a controversial point now, clearly, which is I am mm-hmm. sick of the the gingerbread propaganda in Christmas films. So <laughs> he's made these big plates of gingerbread for everybody, and he's like forcing his gingerbread on all these people as they're oh. leaving. And gingerbread is disgusting. Gingerbread is disgusting. Thank you. Totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Clelia, because I'm watching it thinking, if someone tried to foist a tin of gingerbread on me, I would probably have struck him with that tin. No matter the time of the year, it's like, get your fuck. Get, it's, it's too hard. It's crumbly. It's gross. Get it away from me. If you can't be bothered to make, you know, get me some chocolate or something. Get me an advent calendar. <laughs> Don't give me a box of gingerbread, man. Um, I did think as well that the, I don't know if um, Clara and, and Samantha are supposed to be the same age, because we're watching it this morning, yeah. I was like, there's clearly, Samantha seems like she's she's older than um, than Clara, but yeah. obviously then, you know, as the story progresses, it kind of, it certainly does make sense. And I thought the one thing that did make a lot of sense as well is that, so in terms of the structure of the film, every time, so he kind of, you know, at the beginning, he cuts back and forth between yeah. the the group the the group of of killers and 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 the girls at school and every time they, you know, um, every time they kill someone, then it cuts back to, you know, Clara just waking yeah. up, which is, you know, obviously then as you, as the story progresses, you're kind of like, oh, it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I did really like this. I kind of, it kind of feeds into, into what's going to happen later, but without being super conspicuous. Um, I mean, in terms of it, like, were you, did you expect it to go in that direction? Because I feel like the, the, the film is like, you know, the midway point and goes into, into a completely different direction than yeah. I was expecting. Yeah, and I did think that as well. So it starts off and it's this very, like we've said, there's the home invasion. It's really mm-hmm. delightfully gory. Yeah. They, they do the gore really well, I think, in this. it's It's got yeah. that element to it. But we've got the gore. We know that the these, you know, this ragtag bunch of misfits <laughs> who are going around murdering <laughs> people are on the way. But then it all, at the start, it seems like it's going to be one of them sort of accidental meetings, like, oh, they just happen yeah. to be nearby. But then, like you said, the midpoint of the film, it totally changes and then it becomes a completely different film for a second half for it, which I really liked because... Yes, loved it. It's easy for slashers in particular, I think, to be formulaic. And sometimes it's fun, a formulaic yeah. slasher. You know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But uh-huh. I think this did a really interesting thing. So, like, the first half of the film is a slasher and you think, mm-hmm. oh, we know what we're getting. It's going to be 
you know, home invasion again. It's going to be them trying to get away from these, um, you know, these murderous, psychotic <laughs> killers. <laughs> but then it adds another layer to it, which is so interesting. Um, yes. Yeah. So the big spoiler, we may as well get it out of the way. Would you like to do the honors, clearly? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, we, we can definitely get into that. I was going to say, you know, what changes <laughs> at the midpoint um, is that the revelation that we're going to, you know, we're going to spoil in a minute, but not before you find out that um, the house, the, uh, sorry, the school houses a restricted section of the library in its basement. Yeah. Like, um, you know, like all, all ghoul Catholic girls' school, boarding school must do. It really made me laugh that thing of like you know they're like oh um you know she, that that this that Maisie used to be at the school yeah. and um and she was basically um uh sent home after she was found pouring over you know um books you know housing um black magic books yeah. basically in the why in are the they there the <laughs> exactly why they're there in the first place why are they there and why has no one got rid of them if they're such why a problem no exactly, exactly so in the basement apparently you can find two things vodka and black magic books <laughs> as in any good school exactly i think but yeah I, th- I did think that were really funny and also what a secure place to hide them in the unlocked basement <laughs> not in like a locked cabinet in a mistress's office or you know in somewhere away from view just next to the yearbooks yeah, <laughs> black exactly. magic books yeah. next to the yearbooks books about summoning demons next to expired <laughs> textbooks and yearbooks yeah yeah <laughs> i mean you can you could, arguably could be you know um, yearbooks and um and you know books about demons is kind of the same thing really in, in <laughs> when you're in high school but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean we do so but obviously the the murderous band of uh of killers are in the school and we have a very tense sort of cat and mouse game. Mm-hmm. And I did I did like to see Samantha like walloping that guy. I think she picks like yeah. a desk up or something. I and, like, know she does. Goes it, for yeah. it, which is brilliant. All that running is that's made All that's really strong. strong. Really strong. <laughs> but we, then we have this really nightmarish Christmas dinner and then we start to uncover. Oh, it's horrible. Ooh, that scene was, was fast, fantastic. Yeah. Really, the build, the tension in it. And the tension actually, I think, what is really well done in this alongside, you know, the, the gore and then obviously the, the sort of supernatural demonic element is the mm-hmm. tension. So you can start to see really early on the tension in the group. So you've got all these tensions between Maisie and Jude. I remember his name and other Jude. two. I forget. <laughs> I've done it. so well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's all these t- within group tensions. So although yes. they're all, you know, you get this idea that they're not all equally happy with the way that things are going and that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some of them are having second thoughts. Um, so we see all that tension and then we get this really creepy Christmas dinner scene where, you know, um, Rose, the teacher and Samantha and Clara are tied to chairs and forced to like be tormented by this gang. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and it does escalate that scene really, really yeah, well. I think. Yeah, absolutely. And then, he, you know, in the end, the end, Jude ends up, uh, murdering Rose's boyfriend. Yeah. And, and, you know, not before we found out that he was going to propose to, I mean, it's just so, I did think it was, yeah. you know, it was really well-constructed scene and, you know, the impact that it has is, you know, really quite, yeah. It's like, you know, how to torment your victim. Yeah. And, you know, it should, you, before the worst happened, it's just, um, yeah, yeah. I, it did make me feel really uncomfortable. And at the same time, be like, this is the making of like a great home invasion, you know, um, scenario. Yeah, because there's that, the way that they're talking to him as well, the sort of, 
they're talking to him like it's really normal what they're doing, but it's so sinister. And then mm-hmm. they're, they're like nudging him all the time towards, oh, well, we'll just come in and we'll wait here. And then, oh, well, we'll just stay yeah. a bit and we'll... And and you can feel the the shift as as Rose is the only adult there, really. She, well, yeah. she's, the only, she's the teacher as she feels that threat. And then obviously then it escalates really quickly. And at that point, I was thinking... What they're gonna do for rest at film because there's like an hour yeah. left. I don't know what exactly. they're gonna do. Um, but then we find out that the the plan, so Maisie, as you've said, found this book mm-hmm. and it were a way to summon a demon. So they've been traveling around killing people, and that's where the sigil comes from. They're trying to summon this demon. So we're like, yeah. oh well, you know, very 70s. <laughs> and not just yeah, it's like very 70s. They're not just killing people, right? They kill people and they collect bits of this. this yeah. They're making like sort of a skin puzzle. A skin a skin blanket. The, a skin blanket, exactly. A patchwork and it's, yeah, a patchwork blanket of skin. Lovely. Um, but we find out that the people that they've been uh, you know killing and you know collecting those bits mm. of skin from they they all have this weird pattern on them. Yeah, they all have like a sigil, the sigil of this demon. That's Um, right, yeah. And I like to see that because obviously being, you know, a sort of spooky person myself, I'm aware of sigil magic and I think it's quite interesting. Mm -hmm. But it's not something that you necessarily see a lot. And what I liked about this is quite often in demonic or in films that are around like summoning demons we have that every you know like if you think about like the exorcist it's a very christian element Mm -hmm, it's very much like you know god and the devil which is fine and it's got its place but when you think about something like hereditary for instance which has got all that symbol work and so you're like looking for these symbols everywhere and it's it just brings something else to it and so i really like that that's where they went with this that it were very much this idea about you know sigil magic and you know dusty old books <laughs> finding yeah these books. no you felt well researched yeah. you know I, yeah I, I do really like it but um but yeah so so they so they torment you know the uh, the girls and the um and the boyfriend in that dinner scene and then they take them um to into the into the main room yeah. where they where they proceed to open their presents fucking rude <laughs> how rude is it not bad enough what you're doing <laughs> exactly yeah but that there's, there's a point in that scene that made me feel a little bit uncomfortable is when they um they force samantha to oh, undress yeah. and and try her new dress on and it's just so again it's super icky it's really vile right the yeah. um, i think the, the main cult uh leader guy jude um who's played by um mena um mena masood by the mm. way who played aladdin in the in the live version oh. of so it's like a complete departure <laughs> um there i think i much prefer it in, in, him in that i think he's just he's so he plays it in such a gleeful way yeah he's so deluded that guy just yeah. like, so he thinks so much of himself you know um, really concerned with appearance but in that scene when they make her do that i was kind and like it's very yeah there's something really seedy and yeah you know yeah just uh, yeah super creepy it, it made me feel really uncomfortable uh, and but again i think when you see that through um you know obviously from director's point of view clara stands in front of her so it's not mm-hmm. really gratuitous but yes it's, it's enough that you feel that like you said that sense of uh, uh, uncom- you're uncomfortable and you yeah. feel that it's sense humiliating. of disgust. It's yeah, humiliation. Exactly. Degrading, it's, yeah. Yeah, and, it's, and it does build that um, that sense of their wickedness, really, which obviously comes mm-hmm. into play later. But the fact that, you know, this teacher has 
has got presents for these two girls because they've been left behind and she's trying to make it a lovely Christmas for them and it's gone from being what should have been a really nice, warm, happy memory into this horrible, violent, really brutal event you know it's yeah. it's um and it is that tension again is played really well i think you see more, more we talk about it more i like it this film yeah no exactly <laughs> the more i'm thinking actually it might make it into the into mm. the annual rota of christmas film yeah, yeah no it's it is it's, yeah seriously seriously disturbing to that point and then so they announce to them that you know they are there to finish the um the ritual and they need to spill the blood of the innocent mm. and at this point and they decide that they're gonna murder the teacher yeah. which is which is the you know the the one thing that made me feel you know you have two kids there mm-hmm. and yet you're gonna murder the teacher who was clearly getting some with yeah. her boyfriend so <laughs> yeah what's this definition of innocent what we're working yeah, towards exactly <laughs> that did seem like an odd choice although I, you know afterwards you know again like you know watching it again this morning i was kind of like well it kind of works well in the sense of you know how they're all being manipulated yeah by, you know, by this demon, basically. Yeah. And I, I mean, my note that I made from that scene is that Clara is a creepy dolly. <laughs> because yeah, she's, she really she's is. very... Um, so when she's when Samantha's changing, Clara looks at her and she smiles, and it's really disconcerting because she thinks, uh-huh. and yeah, from, what? yeah, like uh-huh. oh, what are you doing? You should be petrified, and she's not, uh-huh. and she's this very watchful. She's like watching what everybody's yeah. doing, and she's not frightened. And and we know from seeing her the, um, earlier on in film that there's some. She's got scars, but they're not. Mm-hmm. It's very to me. I think you can tell very, very clearly that it's like scarification. It's not yeah. scars designed for anything other. Like it's it's really design a design. If you like, you can see that. Yeah. Um, and obviously, then later on, we find out why. But it's my my note that I had is that it's these stupid powerless people trying to kill the way to glory <laughs> and that Maisie is gathering these beta cooks to go do a bidding because they all want to bone her that was- <laughs> That's fucking. That is exactly what I loved. I think about it is that the, you know, that that idea of um, all these men and especially you know Jude being you know presenting himself as the the pack leader and all yeah. this. But like you 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 know you you get you understand very quickly that he has actually no power. Everybody thinks he's a fucking poser. Yeah. And they're all following Maisie. Um. And you rush is kind of like she's rallying them to do her bidding. Yeah. You know, in a hope of you know of them you know getting. Mm some basically yeah it's amazing and i think that is um and by the way beta cooks people is used absolutely ironically in that context please don't uh, <laughs> don't come at me i'm not one of those uh <laughs> one of those people but yeah it's very much these dis- but again that's why 70s setting works so well because you've got these very disenfranchised powerless young people mm-hmm. who i'm not saying i feel sorry for them because i don't but i think mm-hmm. when you look at that I mean, you look at cults generally again to think about Manson, you know, Manson family, yeah, and Charles Manson deliberately targeted disenfranchised, powerless young people who were looking for for a way to belong. And I do think, even though they also religious, re- yeah, religious sort of that religious rhetoric and an idea about power that you can take power, you feel powerless, but you can take it if you're willing to do the the things yeah. that other people aren't willing to do. And so it's. I think it rather it don't labour that point and it don't glamorise that or or sort of really it don't it don't do it in a way that I think is meant to 
necessarily promote sympathy, but I think it, it's also doing it in a way that says, you know, these these people are a are a a result of their environment. Mm-hmm. So I mean, the guy oh, again. I don't know name. Again, sorry Doug? everybody. I've done Doug. Doug. Which one's Doug? Is he the vet? Uh, so Doug is the the driver. The the one who keeps. It was very inebriated, and then oh, Grant no. is the is the Vietnam Grant. Um, so veteran, I think yeah. Grant's character mm-hmm. is particularly uh, does that particularly well because yeah. we find out that he's you know he's a vet. Is it's post war, seventies political turmoil. He's got we assume PTSD because he's very traumatized by what he's seen. And he's got a lot of shame, that idea of survivor guilt. And they managed to get all that out in a very effortless way in a very short space of time, but it gives you so much context and depth to not only to him as a character, but also to the the time frame that they're talking about. And I thought how they did that were really, really well done. Yeah. Um, it didn't feel like they were really trying to hammer on this point. You know, it was it just quite effortless. Yeah, I, I agree. It's like it, it's, it's like subtle, mm. you know, subtext in the background. It's all there and it's done very intelligently. I think mm. they managed to cram in so much, you know, so much of those messages to get so much of those messages across. Um, but not, as you said, without hammering the point, you know, um, in a in an unsubtle way, which is yeah. really I, appreciated. I, yeah. may, I mean, obviously, maybe Maisie has been at this school. She's obviously felt powerless. She's found this book and then she's been kicked out. So she had nowhere to go. So she's had to mm-hmm. make her own way, we assume. And then even Jude, I mean, Jude is obviously the most insecure. He's an absolute narcissist. And we all know, all know that the biggest um, thing that narcissism masks is insecurity. Yes. In- as evidenced by the fact that he's wearing the biggest platform boots. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Clearly feels insecure by his, uh, his height. Um, and then Doug is in love with Maisie. And so he's following along, hoping that she'll love him back. And you think, come on, Doug, you're a murderer now. That really? Well, there are no other exactly. women. <laughs> no other women you could get. But it is it is clever how they, they sort of pull that out, that she's really the, the um, you know, the the conductor of all this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the the person who who has got she's got the knowledge that's what they all keep saying then oh Maisie knows it's Maisie's plan she knows what's going on um so then we've got this idea <laughs> that they're trying to summon a demon Rose is dead we've got Samantha and Clara left behind terrified yes. and then um when Maisie nothing happens nothing happens like once yes exactly they killed they kill Rose and and literally nothing happens and. Yeah, it's the le- it leaves yeah. them, you know. They're all like, "What? How- We're supposed to be all powerful. Where's this demon?" So Maisie goes off to try and find the book. Uh, does eventually find it, and what they find out, which is a point again at which this film turns like on its axis in a way that I were like, "Oh, this is really exciting now." Is they find out that rather than being a summoning spell, it's actually a releasing spell, and so releasing they've released spell. a demon but they don't know what demon or from where. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we have a very, uh, these very intense scenes with Clara where, Mm. so she sends Samantha away to, to get help of, ostensibly, oh, run, you go and, you know, get someone, I'll wait here, I'll distract him. (laughs) Uh, And then we find out that uh, Clara, 
Clara is, is the, the demon. demon, which is an excellent <laughs> turn, I thought. It's a brilliant, brilliant, um, yeah, it's a brilliant reveal. And I love, you know, when she's creeping towards um, yeah. Grant and murmurs in his ear, yeah. hell is waiting hell is for waiting you. For and, you. And, and I think, you know, it reverberates to, yeah. to, you know, um, to, you know, all of them, they can hear it. And it's just so, so brilliant. And her eyes have like turned black. And yeah. it's just, I just think she's just brilliant. And her smile is manual. Yeah. You know, manual is, yeah, it's it's great. brilliant and we see that she's got this sigil and it's carved mm-hmm. into her stomach and so this is where the scar the scarification comes in so she's covered in these sigils yeah. which again i thought were a really clever visual uh to see that she you know she's and she's a very uh, like you say you're not sure how old she is and she's very little and yes. and unassuming she looks so unassuming. She's uh-huh. just this and little... And keeps herself to herself. Keeps herself and, to yeah. herself and she's not, you know, she doesn't really interact with other students. We uh-huh. see that at start, but then she's this powerful, well, a demon, you know, she's a demon. Exactly. Yeah. We sort of said it makes sense. Like, it's not so much, she, you know, obviously she's keeping herself to herself, but it's more mm-hmm. like, you know, complete lack of interest yeah. for, like, the humans. Um, like, they're so I'm centuries boring. old. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Century years old. Yeah, I don't and care I about David Cassidy. <laughs> 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 but, exactly but yeah then there's a really some really cool scenes where there's this big fire burning behind her and she's like contorting and she looks interpretive dance yeah, moment like interpretive contorty dance <laughs> and that's really cool but then um obviously then we have the this the the sort of unraveling of this cult in front of his mm-hmm. eyes where they realize oh shit <laughs> Yes, yeah, that's because um, that's because Maisie does realize flicking through the um, you know f- ne- to the yearbooks that are yeah. next to the black magic books, <laughs> she suddenly realizes that <laughs> she's like I recognize her, and then you know goes and find all the photos, you know, bit, which makes me which made me think I was like how how is she the first person to realize that you know that demon has like not been not necessarily been like, shape shifting, yeah. she look, looks the same, you know, for you know tens and tens of years. <laughs> yeah, well, I think she says at one stage to Samantha or, or she might say it to Maisie that she's been um I think essentially like doing like glamour magic on all the staff that that's right, what she's okay, done yeah, for yeah, years yeah. is she's she's sort of tricked him into thinking into because yeah Maisie was obviously been away from school for a long time says to her you look familiar did you have a sister uh, and then uh-huh. you pick up on that later that obviously when she sees photos it's it's her that she's it's she recognizes her, yeah. her. um yeah. And then we find that as well as the blood of the innocent to, um, in order to be released from this prison, from the school, we uh-huh. also need the blood of the guilty. And as soon as she it's said that... delicious oh, irony. Oh. I love it. <laughs> uh, that is so good. That just works so well. I just, yeah. And, and then she replicated that dinner scene. Yes. She kind of like flips the script and like have, have them, you know, at the table being absolutely terrorized. And I was thinking how quickly they turn from being those blood, mm. um, those cold, cold-blooded killers to all of a sudden being absolutely terrified yeah. of what this demon is going to do to them yeah <laughs> you know? yeah they go like they go from being like the predator to frighten mm-hmm. children very very easily because the yeah. tables have turned as you've said quite literally in the dinner quite the christmas dinner scene um <laughs> but jude obviously thinks he's the vessel yeah. <laughs> 
just, I think it's hilarious. He's so deluded all the way through yeah. that even when, when that happens, he's, he's just still trying to bargain yeah. his way, you know, through being kind of like, he still believes that is, you know, no matter, this demon is standing in front of him, yeah. but it's kind of like, but I'm the vessel. Like, I'm the I'm vessel. Obviously, something's going to happen. I'm powerful. <laughs> it's me that's powerful, not you. Um, and so we need, we see that she needs sacrifice and then we have a very... Um, gory scene in which everyone mm-hmm. is made to sacrifice <laughs> whether they want Something. to or not um and but obviously samantha can't leave a friend behind <laughs> so she makes it and votes police and you're like come on keep running run again run, <laughs> ag- run again exactly run into the woods. <laughs> um but she returns to help clara and then learns the truth that clara is in fact an ancient demon who uh-huh. has been trapped for centuries <laughs> in this uh school and um yeah and then and still decides to help her <laughs> yeah love. still decides to help her still that's what i liked about it because at one bit i thought oh i hope this doesn't turn around into her being like oh you know you can be a good person i'm like she's a demon exactly <laughs> morality is not a thing this is not a factor in this she's a demon exactly um, demons will do what demons will yeah. do right? <laughs> yeah demons gonna demon that's, exactly that's simple as that um but that's so i really liked the ending because at one bit i uh-huh. thought oh if they make it really like oh i'm just gonna stay here i deserve my yeah. punishment i'm gonna be really annoyed but no uh samantha picks up an axe and dispatches Maisie. Um, I love that. I absolutely love that. It was just so unexpected and just so, yeah, just perfect. Yeah, so. just wax her. Like, you know, <laughs> took an axe and gave Maisie yeah. a serious whack. And um, and as a reward, Demon is like, come in, Demon, yeah. your way come through life with me. Demon with me, let's go. Uh, which let's I really go. liked as an ending. I know, I love it. Friendship message. Friendship, just, uh, yeah. <laughs> but what we see, two spooky girls making their own rules. Exactly. And we, if we yeah. can't relate to this, then what can we relate to? <laughs> It's a film tailor-made for us. <laughs> exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically how we met, right? Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, the story of mine and Clelia's first meeting in this film, you know. Slightly less bloodshed, but not much. <laughs> yes, I thought it were a very interesting ending because it could have been very uh, twee. Yes, exactly. Um, but it wasn't. But it, it wasn't. It really, yeah, it was surprising at every turn. I think, yeah. you know, it, it, it's definitely a film that takes you in, you know, loads of different directions. Um, I thought the performances were, I, that's what I thought, actually. I thought in the in the hand of a different director yeah. or another cast, it would have been so different. But I think this cast was absolutely perfect at treading the line between the dark comedy aspect and the real gruesome aspect yeah. of, the, of the film. I thought um, Georgia Akin, who plays Clara, you know, it's a fast feature film. She's just really? mind blowing. I can't oh, wait wow. to see what she's going to do next because she's definitely one to watch. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and you know, all, yeah, that whole cast worked pretty well. I did really love the the, the comedy relief um, yeah. character of Doug. You know, Doug. I thought he was, you know, he was really good. So yeah, it, it, and as you said, all those little political and social messages that were, you know, cleverly you know put in the in the narrative where just you know worked really well so yeah exciting i'm excited to see what else um jen rexler uh does she has another film on shutter actually which i haven't seen yet but i've heard of is the ranger don't know if, you, if you've <gasps> yes, seen that i love it okay well there yes. you go <laughs> and the uh, actor who plays rose is in the ranger as well because oh, I, I i thought okay. i recognize I, I recognize her from somewhere so i googled it and she's in the ranger 
the Ranger is, I think, one of the... I mean, I've only... I think I only saw it once and it well when it first came out, but from what I remember, it is one of the best slashers from recent years. Oh fantastic. Years. Yeah. But it's definitely on my list to watch because I you know, I love this and I, I thought I'm I'm yeah. excited to see what um you know. And what it's else, really um... cool. It's got a like a, this punk element to it. I saw someone talking about it at a conference actually, at a film conference this year and oh, I was like, excellent. Oh, yeah, it's brilliant. Um so it's And it's it and the um um the sacrifice game was co written by uh Jen Wexler and uh yeah. Uh, Sean Redliss, yes. who, was, who, who was also in the Ranger and produced um, the, oh, uh, the Ranger okay. as well. So, oh, God, so it's kind of a little like powerhouse. Nice little com- exactly, <laughs> exactly. So it's exciting to see what what, what they what will they do next. Oh, I can't wait! Yeah. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> well, definitely. So watch the Ranger, everyone, if you've not watched yeah. it already. <laughs> One of your recommendations done. <laughs> Well, shall we do the final Fort Law Corner of the Please. year? Oh, the last <laughs> Fort Law Corner of 2023. So we've talked about the Demons of Christmas already. Special mention to Krampus. So in this final festive episode, what I thought we would do is have a look at some Christmas traditions from around the world. Um, so starting in Norway, on Christmas Eve... People hide their brooms, brushes and mops before going to bed. And this is because they believe that witches will try to steal them. (laughs) I mean, why not? Mm. And they also burn spruce logs in the fireplace to stop them from coming down the chimney. And many men will go outside with a shotgun and fire it into the air to scare off evil spirits. Love that. I mean, you know, if I can't ride around on a broom on Christmas Eve, what sort of Christmas is it? Exactly. What the point? What's the point? Yeah, demon's gonna demon, witch is gonna witch. <laughs> <laughs> Let people live. But sticking with witches, which I thought actually, it's a shame that we don't have more witch-based traditions in the UK. I think we're yeah, missing Yeah, especially around here. Christmas. It's not. Um, yeah. It's definitely not a thing. So it's exciting to see that somewhere, yeah, the, you know, everywhere else in the world that day. That's. I thought so. In Italy, so children are visit, visited by Santa Claus, uh, known as Babbo Natale, on Christmas, uh, but they're also visited by La Befana on the fifth of January, which is the day before Epiphany. Uh, and legend says that she was asked to visit the baby Jesus by the three wise men, and she chose not to go. And filled with regret, she now flies around looking for the. Baby baby jesus and giving gifts to children to make up for this mistake oh that's much more wholesome so that's nice and also children leave food and wine out for her which i can get behind so if yeah, they're ever yeah, ever yeah. looking for a stand-in for la Bafana, i am no, no, available that bullshit milk thank you very much <laughs> milk and cookies out. no pasta and wine thank yes. you that's what we want um shoes i mean we've talked about shoes before we talked about shoes in uh, the last episode burning your disgusting rotten shoes to keep demons away (laughs) um so shoes are significant in other places as well apparently so in the czech republic shoes are a tool with which to predict marriage so yeah (laughs) yes so on christmas day an unmarried woman throws a shoe over her shoulder at the front door. If the toe points towards the door, she'll get married that year. If the heel points towards the door, she'll remain single for another year. Oh. I mean... <laughs> Seems I- very uh, arbitrary, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I, I think I'd rather the heel pointed towards the door, to be honest. I think we get yeah, into exactly, some... Yeah, exactly, yeah. Leave me the fuck alone. Yeah, Thank you very much. Know, and what, I if mean, I, what if I decide to wear Crocs only? Yeah, <laughs> Crocs only. Or what if I'm wearing some sort of mule and it doesn't have a toe? An open-toed exactly. shoe, if you will. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's one way. I mean, people might want to try it themselves if you're desperate to know, if you're going to be tied to the bonds of marriage <laughs> in the coming year. Um, in Iceland, we have the 13 Yule Lads which, being from Barnsley, I particularly appreciate that they're called mm, lads. Yes. Uh, who carry out the role of Santa Claus. So one of the lads visits children on each of the 13 days and they all have distinct personalities. Again, shoes. Children place a shoe on the window, on the bedroom windowsill each night and if they've been good, they will find sweets and, and small gifts in the shoe come morning. If they're naughty, they might get a rotten potato. Oh, so <laughs> uh, potato would be disappointing enough, yeah. but a rotten potato, <laughs> a, rotten yeah. pota- a sprouty rotten potato, <laughs> disgusting. So the names, would you like to know the names of the thirteen lads who may visit yes, you? Yes, please. <laughs> we have sheep coat clod, gully gark, stubby, spoon licker, pot licker, bowl licker, door sniffer, uh, door slammer. Skier gobbler, named because he eats all the yogurt. A skier is Icelandic for yogurt. Sausage swiper. Who will take an unattended sausage? Window peeper, mm, pervy. We don't like okay. him. Um, meat meat hook. Who will steal meat that maybe it left out? Ah, okay. That sounded a little more sinister than that. <laughs> yeah. When I saw meat hook, I was like, oh, it's got Candyman vibes. I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> yeah. uh, and candle beggar. Now, apparently, mm. candles used to be quite rare and expensive in Iceland. Yeah. So the idea that he stole the candle, I would come begging mm-hmm. for candles. Uh, sheep coat clod does something. I forgot what it is exactly. Something to do with um, sheep, I assume. Uh, porking sheep, I forget. Gully gawk <laughs> takes the froth off milk. Okay, yeah, yeah. What uh, a little rascal. Little rascal. One. And Stubby, I mean, Stubby, as the name suggests, is just a little lad. He's a little lad. He's <laughs> just a little lad. <laughs> Enough said. Um, so, sticking with sort of weird uh, anthropomorphic beasts, we have the Yule goat, which is a long standing Christmas tradition in Scandinavia and Northern Europe. So, the goat started out as a visitor who checked in to see uh, when Christmas celebrations were over. But throughout the years, it evolved into a Santa-like figure who gives presents on Christmas Eve. And today, particularly in Sweden, very large, you can find pictures of this online, very large um, goats are created and erected in towns across uh, across the country. But the village of Gavle, excuse my pronunciation there, is famous for its unlucky goat, which has been burned down by vandals more often than it has survived since it was first <laughs> erected in 16, 1966. So... Um, the Christmas goat, I suppose, a bit like Krampus, a bit like Black Philip. Wouldst mm-hmm. thou like to live festively? Comes and <laughs> comes and gives gifts. Oh, we need a poster. That's brilliant. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> um, moving to moving to the Catalan region, we have a particularly uh, unusual tradition, I think, uh, which is the uh, right. A Google pronunciation of this. I apologise in advance. The Kagana. I believe we say, is a male figure that frequently shows up in Catalan nativity scenes. And you will see why I chose to include this one in a moment. He is depicted with his pants rolled down, living up to his name, which means the defecator. (laughs) (laughs) So this odd traditional figure is also seen in other regions of Spain, as well as in Italy, France and Portugal. 
and yes, surprisingly yeah. is a symbol of good luck as his stool is believed to fertilize the land and promote a good harvest the following year and does that not surprise me <laughs> <laughs> it was originally an elf-like figure wearing traditional clothing but in recent years uh, it's become more common to see versions of celebrities <laughs> sold at spanish markets so if anyone sees one of them pick one up for us we would love to have it um and then finally moving to more contemporary traditions christmas isn't a national holiday in japan but japanese people do have their unique version of christmas eve dinner and this is due to a very successful marketing campaign in the 70s which led to an association between christmas eve and kfc yeah so (laughs) according to the story kfc got the idea from an expert who bought kfc for a holiday party um, because turkey's not widely available in japan and so the company ran with this concept and really pushed this idea that it were a traditional meal for the festive season and so over the years this has somehow grown beyond just this commercial campaign to become a very firmly established holiday tradition so i mean that's capitalism that's capitalism baby just right yeah exactly yeah yeah nice kfc for christmas eve <laughs> i'd heard about that yeah that's, yeah that's uh, yeah that's uh, well good for them good for Been them marketing done right <laughs> <laughs> so they are my festive traditions from around the world what i would really like is if people let us know their festive traditions mm. so reach out to us and let us know what do you do anything i mean don't tell us if you sort of shit in your garden Allah, <laughs> please. Oh, do tell us. I'm not here to judge. Actually, exactly. Yeah, we're yeah. not here to shame anyone. Do, you, do but... you burn your old shoes? Do you, you know, shit in your garden? Do you, um, you know, do you hit hit loved ones with twigs? Allah, which Krampus? one of the thirteen new lad do you identify with? Are you a pot liquor? Are you, are you, are you a door peeper? sniffer? Are you a window peeper? <laughs> I'm definitely. I think I would definitely be. Uh, Sausage swiper or uh, skier, <laughs> <Mag>. go- skier- <laughs> frisky festive season, everyone. Um, yeah, you'll not keep me away from the pigs in blankets. That's uh- <laughs> um, or maybe the skier, uh, the, the skier gobbler, because we all know that you know yogurt is a good probiotic. So keeping that exactly. gut healthy for the upcoming feast, a healthy vibe. <laughs> but what about recommendations then? Do we have any? Mm, I've got a, I've got a couple. Yeah, I, I did struggle to think of any, and I think that's probably obviously because the film's just come out. So sometimes it's a bit, yeah. you know, difficult to take a step back and be like, what, do, you know, what, what would go well with this? But I've come up with um with a couple. Um, the first one is Bloody Hell. Um, oh. that's available on Amazon Prime from 2020, and uh, that I watched on a whim. Actually, it was recommended by um our friends at Leicester Film, uh, um, Leicester Film Club, sorry, um, and is an Australian kind of horror comedy film, and a bit like the Sacrifice Gaming goes into really unexpected directions like you, nothing can prepare you oh. for the direction that this film takes so absolutely if you've never seen it make a note of it um it's uh, like i say a horror comedy about a man who's just come out of prison and uh, decides to take a trip to norway to escape his per- his own personal hell but what awaits for him is there there is something much much worse and i can't say anything more than this worth pointing <laughs> it but trust me it is it is such a ride absolutely oh, right. so definitely recommend this one 
And the second one I thought of is The Babysitter from 2017. Yes. And I think it's on, it's on Netflix um, about a 12-year-old kid who accidentally finds out that his beloved babysitter belongs to a murderous satanic cult. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, kind yeah. of like both both um, horror comedy films that I thought would pair well with this one. Oh, what about you? brilliant. Well, I decided to go down the... Uh, Christmas horror Father Christmas route because he's uh-huh. been sadly neglected in our <laughs> well because the film we were going to pick obviously mm-hmm. did have uh, <laughs> Santa Claus as a main character but on on rewatch yeah we, we, bit uh, of a nonce bit of a nonce <laughs> I was, yes I felt really uncomfortable with it <laughs> yeah so I mean we may as well share you'll have seen as previous promotional stuff we were going to do uh, Deadly Games and then mm-hmm. when Clearly rewatched it she discovered that Santa was a nonce and so we we didn't want to be seen to be promoting uh, right on Christmas Day yeah, especially. Chris, festive frights is one thing. Festive, you know, federal crimes is <laughs> is something else. Something we're not touching. Yes. Yeah, so we decided not to, but it does mean that we've not had a lot of talk of Father Christmas, good old Saint mm-hmm. Nick. Um, so I went firstly for Christmas Evil. I've not got yeah. dates for these because I'm useless. Um, but Christmas Evil, I think, is a good one. You know, a guy becomes obsessed with the idea of being Santa Claus and, and you know, becomes psychologically melded with his red suit. <laughs> and he also works in a toy factory, which just adds to it. Um, <laughs> sticking with that theme, Silent Night, Deadly Night, which we did oh, talk amazing. about doing for this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Absolute classic. And obviously Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. I mean, I think it goes up to five. <laughs> Yeah, but Silent Night, Deadly Night, absolutely love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last one I've got is one that I reviewed last year called Christmas Bloody Christmas, which is on Shudder. And it's not my favourite, um, but I do think the premise of it is interesting, which is about um, a robotic Father Christmas who <laughs> um, becomes hell-bent on bloodthirsty revenge. Mm. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds perfect. It's very in, this, fun. in the in the age of AI. I think Absolutely, it's, it's, you know, very it has a certain resonance. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's very fun and it's very visually very appealing. There's a lot of neon, which I like. <laughs> so I would say if you're after a bit of a you know Santa Claus frights, uh, have, have <laughs> a try at one of these. Yeah, and also <laughs> let us know because obviously it's only a mini series. So. Uh-huh. We only did four, so if the, if you think we've missed something very important, let us know. Um, oh, absolutely. There's um, always yeah. next Christmas. There's always so. next year, baby, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been amazing. It's been, um, I, I can't believe this is already uh, the end of this uh, of this festive fright season, but it's been uh, it's so fun to talk about films that uh, we loved, give us a chance to rewatch some classics, give us a chance to to watch some, some new ones that yeah. have just come out um, and discuss about all this. And um, yeah, I suppose this so this episode is coming out on Christmas Day. So Yay! Merry Christmas, Merry everyone. Christmas, if, you, everyone. if you're listening on Christmas, then we're so happy <laughs> that you're choosing to celebrate with us yeah. and, and with a bit of horror. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Merry Christmas, everyone, in the words of Tiny Tim. Uh, yeah. Muppets Christmas Carol. I'm just saying it again one last time. <laughs> Everybody watch exactly. Muppets Christmas Carol. This is what we will be watching. <laughs> no, that's super fun. And uh, we we will actually be back um, one last time before the end of the year yes. uh, to do our, um, our own version of uh, Spotify Wrapped. Yes. <laughs> no, to do our wrap-up of, the, uh, of 2023, uh, our top uh, films, the films that we thought were total flop 
stops and then films that we watched this year that we absolutely loved as well, not necessarily released in 2023, but that we thought were important to highlight. Yes. So yes. you have this to look forward to. Absolutely. <laughs> See you then. See you then. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Monsters Flesh. Join us next time for more discussion on horror and women in horror. You can find out more about us via our website, monstersflesh.co.uk, links for each episode, buy our amazing merch and see our upcoming events. We'd love to hear from you via email on social media and also please rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts and help us spread our spooky word by telling all your friends about Monsters Flesh. And until next time, creep it weird, everyone. Mm-hmm.